you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey guys, it's Roger back at you from Restaurant Rockstars. Why is everyone telling you that your restaurant has got to be on social media? And it's really the key to your marketing. Well, you know, back in the day, that might have been true once. But here's the truth now. Social media is only reaching your current customers and those that are following you and those that have already liked you. But what about all those customers out there that have never heard of your place? How are you going to reach them? Well, listen to today's episode and you'll see exactly how to reach these new customers. My guest's advice today is to get out of the fishbowl and into the ocean of customers. And you'll have to listen to see why. Now listen on. Hey, welcome back everybody. This is the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. This is engaging topics that help restaurants and bars build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. Mr. Eric Schellenberger needs no introduction. He's my guest today. He's a bar and restaurant marketing expert. We're going to be talking today about why social media marketing is all but dead and where you really need to be putting all your attention and energy. Welcome to the show, Eric. How's it going, man? Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. I'm I'm happy that you are back. So it's probably been what a year and a half. I think we did uh, our first episode. Has it been that long? Do you recall? I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about your backstory. I usually ask my guests, you know, how they got into this crazy bar and restaurant business and hospitality. And I know you and I have a similar background. We both started off in this business as dishwashers. You were 13 years of age when you first got into the business. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. And it was, I was working for my mom. So yeah. if I, if I was uh, any other situation, I probably wouldn't be old enough to legally work. <laughs> But what a you know what a what a grounding into this business at age thirteen. What an eye opener, right? It's like you got thrown into the business, and that's an entry level position for many people. And what I really love about this business is you can literally start off as a dishwasher, end up owning your own enterprise. You know, you can create a franchise, you can start your first restaurant, you can become a kitchen manager from a dishwasher. You know, I've got numerous stories about past employees of mine that started out in a dish pit, and one guy ended up leading two of my kitchens and my restaurants for years, started his own restaurant, and you started at 13 and you found a very different path. So what is your backstory? So um, yeah, when I started, I was in Park City, Utah, and my mom owned the food and beverage department at one of the local ski resorts. Back then it was called Park West, which is now called the Canyons, I think. It's mm -hmm. been called a million things, but yeah. so I was, uh, she dragged me up there to, to wash dishes and bust tables at, uh, at basically the cafeteria, which was, uh, it, it was, there was two locations, upper mountain, lower mountain, and it was one of those freezing jobs. You get up at, you know, ungodly hours when it's still dark out and go to, wash dishes for $2.35 an hour, and that, that was the reality of it for a couple of years until I, I got uh, got different jobs on Main Street in Park City, um, kind of doing the same thing, bussing and doing dishes, and uh, I was in that whole kind of, uh, uh, didn't really progress in my job title for maybe five years during that whole time, so it was it was a great learning experience, and it was something that I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for the world. But it was uh, it was not easy work. <laughs> so past that, um, 
I got into uh, bartending and management and all that kind of thing after, and some in Park City, some in Salt Lake City. Um, I bartended at a like a gothic dance club called Area 51 in Salt Lake City, which was a, also a great learning experience, and uh, and it was it was definitely a different clientele than Park City by all means. So uh, kind of went from there and got uh, moved to moved to Arizona, which I'm now in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, worked for I I basically which is kind of something I'll, we'll get into in a little while, but I uh, was a, a website design intern, a non-paid intern at 35 years old, because I was like, I was kind of over the whole, you know, uh, career path I had been going down, and I said, okay, what do I, what do I know? What's my background? And that's the one thing that bars and restaurants, yeah, I got that. That's the one element that I've got plenty of experience with. So I went into website design and got a job right out of that, um, working for a, a national chain of uh, like country music, bar, restaurant, music venues, and I uh, was the corporate marketing director for those guys from started with one location up to 13 locations. And then got into uh, the, the nightclub kind of uh, area of Old Town Scottsdale. And I was working for a lot of the big companies. There's three companies that own every nightclub in the entertainment district, and I worked for two of those. And then uh, past that, I kind of got it. I, I had my own company that I, I kind of took seriously and kind of didn't. And once I figured out, like, okay, I, I found my niche and I kind of figured out what the uh, what, what everybody else was missing. And based off working for those nightclubs, it was very apparent that, wait, you, you guys aren't measuring anything you're doing. You, you're just posting willy-nilly to social media and you're not, you're not looking at the other end of it. So during kind of that same time, I was polling the public. I was asking the public, what do they use to find a new place to, to eat or drink? And based on this, this is six years of polling people and asking questions to the public. And it was, it was very apparent that the tactics we were using at the nightclubs weren't anywhere near the tactics people use. Mm -hmm. So I would bring this up to, to, uh, to, to bosses and say, hey, by the way, we're we're doing everything in this category when everybody is actually over in this category looking for a place like us. We have to kind of meet them where they're looking. It only made sense, and they're like, yeah, 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 we get it. But just just keep doing what you're doing. Bridge, they really didn't yeah. take it very seriously. Wow. And they're missing huge opportunity with that thinking, huh? Yeah. So that that's when I said, you know what? I can do better than this. Hmm. So I did. I went out, went out on my own. I, I kind of took my business very seriously at that point. And I've been 100% uh, working for myself for, I don't know, a year or so, a little bit more than a year. And uh, it's been a huge growth since then. So it's gone from paying bills to, to very, very successful since I, I made that decision. Wealth of information there, talking promotion, talking about how to reach your customer. So let's talk social media for just a moment. You know, it's really only as good as your list and the size of your list and the followers that you have and the people that like your page. But we're talking no new customers at all unless you're a follower or you already like it. So you have absolutely zero awareness to 99% of the world out there that you could be reaching. Right. And that, that was more or less, I, I started thinking along those lines from a tourist, a tourism market yes. perspective. Yes. Of if, you, if you're in a tourist economy and you have a bar or restaurant with a bunch of Facebook followers, 
you're going to you're going to to uh, contact your your locals, your regulars, your people who are potential customers, mm -hmm. which is probably a very small percentage of the people actually looking for your services. Yes. So these places that are you know height of the ski season in Park City, Utah. Why would you have a face? Why would you even use a Facebook page when all of the tourists in town exactly. don't know if you exist, mm -hmm. don't follow you on Facebook, and never are going to see those posts? So it's it's insane to me that they only focus on that, and it's so much common sense that that's not the right way to go. Well, now you're you're touching on another really interesting point because a tourist economy, a lot of restaurants that I've either worked with or I've come across or I've visited these types of restaurants and bars, they've got this sort of. Uh, expendable customer philosophy that I'm in a tourist location and you know I get new customers all the time so I don't really care the kind of service that I deliver to these people and what what a really shallow mindset of horrible thinking that is right it's like it is. especially with you know with with um, online reviews being as important as they are today it's like every single guest impression counts whether you ever see that customer again the reviews they're gonna post are either gonna make or break your business Yep, and and back before review sites existed, yeah. you could get away with that, giving poor service, poor food, and then that's screw it. And then the next one, they would never know the difference. If right. you're in a good location, mm -hmm. you're still win. Now yes. you'd be in a great location, terrible reviews, and it's gonna hurt you. Yeah, okay, those so those reviews make every bit of difference these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hmm. okay, so. Social media, all but irrelevant. Let's talk about Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I know a lot of algorithms have sort of changed, and you know where do we go from here? Because you can't you can't count on that. It's such a limited piece of your marketing. I'm not saying don't do it at all. I'm saying have that be one piece of your strategy. But the bigger strategy is so much larger opportunity and potential. Absolutely right. Yeah, that's that's exactly my same message. Is is definitely do it, but don't think that is the end-all be-all. Don't think that's the only thing you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like the, the three platforms go, I like to think of it as two platforms because in my going back to my research, when I asked the, the public what platform they use in order to find a, a bar or restaurant, if they're just looking on social media, what do you follow your favorite bars on? And Twitter was 0 .07 of that of the people. Say they follow their bars and restaurants through Twitter. So wow. For our purposes, Twitter is pretty much dead to me. I don't use it. I, I have my clients, they, they hook up their Facebook page to their Twitter. You know the drill. So if you post on Facebook, it also kicks over to your Twitter. Mm -hmm. Do that if you want to. But really, it's not going to drive business. Twitter is just not where people look for, for stuff like that. Twitter's for celebrities and presidents. I've always said that. So, yes. uh, it, so we're down to Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then since uh, uh, November of 2017, Facebook put a huge restriction on the, the reach of your posts. So those posts used to remember way back in the day where you could potentially hit 100% of your of your fans with a Facebook post. So that was that was a reality that you could potentially do. So November of last year, they choked it down to about 1% or so of your followers are actually going to potentially see your posts. Yes. It, unless there's a couple of factors, but um, and then just this year Instagram did the same thing. They call it the 2018 Instagram algorithm change. And what that was is it kind of started in February of this year, but it really didn't take effect until October. So last month, I have I had clients calling me all the time, freaking out about what the, what the hell just happened to my Instagram. I used to get hundreds of likes. Now I'm getting three. Mm -hmm. And that's the exact thing happened. They choked it down about 10%. 
frustrated. All your followers are going to see your posts. Yeah. You know, you're, you're speaking my language because when I ran restaurants, we used Facebook almost, well, not predominantly, but for our social media, that was it. But that was like eight, ten years ago. And we got quite a big bang out of it then. But like you said, there's so much change and, you know, gone are those days. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, I get it. I see exactly why Instagram and, and Facebook did this. After all, they're businesses. They need to make money. Yeah. They have shareholders. They need to show profits. So totally understand that. What I also like about that, those algorithm changes were now it's forcing people to put out um, interesting content. It's forcing people to actually care about the content they put out there and the posts they show the public. Before all this stuff happened, people were putting out garbage. It was just absolutely just terrible content. And it was just a flyer with logos all over it and a bunch of words. It looks like they did it in Microsoft Word. Yeah. And they just throw it out there just to throw it out there. And they, they very much, a lot of these places, uh, I don't expect them to have a marketing degree. But when you think of, of, of your posts, how the business owner would like to, to, would like to show the public, it looks 100% different as how the public would like to view them, if that makes sense. So the, the idea, I as a business owner want to get out there, isn't necessarily what people like to absorb and consume as far as content goes. They want to be entertained. Yes. They want something attractive, something of value, something that they can stop scrolling and say, wow, check that out. Now that looks cool. But from, from the owner's perspective, all they're concerned about is we have a football game on at this time. We have 20 TVs. Put that on a flyer and get it out there. And it's just like, Logo, 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 words, 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 and everyone's like, oh my God, what is this garbage? And that's, yes. that is, was the norm back then. So that's a salesy message. You know, you're trying to hit people over the head with a sledgehammer saying, come in, we got this, we got that, and that is not the strategy. So let's start by defining content marketing. You know, from a layman's perspective, if I'm absolutely a new restaurant owner and I'm just overwhelmed with 10,000 details or running my restaurant, but I got to put a marketing strategy and a campaign together, and we already know that social media is going to reach a limited piece of the market, and we do focus on content marketing, can you first define what that is, and then two, dig a little deeper into what you just said about, no, it's got to be entertaining, it's got to be educational, it's got to be true value that stops them in their tracks and says, hey, this place is different from that place. They're not just trying to sell me, they're trying to give me something more. Yep. Right? If I could set, sum that whole thing up in yeah, one please. sentence, yeah. it is be the show, not the commercial. So that's that's one I use a lot, and it's, yeah. it's more relevant now than, than ever. If you're the show, if you're watching, think about it as a different audience. If you're watching TV, you're paying attention to the show. When the commercial comes on, you go get a drink, you go do what you got to do. You don't pay attention. No one cares. Everyone just wastes time until the show comes back on. Right. So do you want to portray your business as the commercial or as the show? Pretty simple concept, but if you think about it on those terms, you have to be engaging. You have to do something that, that is going to get people's attention because look at the – you've got a one-second window mm -hmm. to get that guy to stop right. scrolling right. and to pay attention to your stuff or less. So if you're in that competitive an environment – you really want to post all these crappy looking flyers of something that's totally irrelevant or something that just is so such an eyesore that there's no way people are going to stop scrolling. And the, these algorithms are set up to where the way that they that you do expand your reach is when you do they're they're all self-perpetuating, meaning the more eyeballs are on them, the more eyeballs are going to be on them. So the, the if you have something that is interesting, that is engaging that people want to stop and talk about and share and like, and when they interact with it, those shares and likes go up. Now Facebook and Instagram opens up that audience. 
Now more people can see it. Now if they share and like it, now more people can see it. And that's how it grows. That's how things get viral, and the, or that's how things get at least a potential of 100% of your followers' eyeballs on it. Okay. But it has to be something interesting. And I know that's easier said than done. You can't do that with every single post. You can't do something mind-blowing every single time, you know, three times a week or more in some cases. So um, some, of the, some of the examples I have, the, the, the really easy ones, like the, the no-brainers, you better be doing this. Have, get a professional photo shoot done of the food, of the restaurant, of the environment, of the Great. crowd. Get something professionally shot. It's so cheap and you can get so much mileage out of those. If you do a, a professional food shoot and an architecture shoot and the, the whole environment, it should cost about three or four hundred bucks. And from that shoot, you can reuse this stuff for over the course of years. You can use it on your TV screens. You can use it on your website, obviously your social media. Yes. Anywhere to use digital images like that, you can use them everywhere. Yeah, you want to bring the whole experience to life for the customer, even though they've never walked in the door. And that's going to convince them in, in a lot of cases. You know, if you can give people a sense of what the food is going to taste like before they even see it or order it, if you can get the sense of the ambiance, hey, that looks like a kind of place I want to go to. You're, now you're totally talking my language. Yeah, and we, we catch ourselves all the time. When we're a tourist in a tourist economy, that's what we do without consciously thinking about it is we'll, um, either my girlfriend or I will get on, I'll get on Google, she'll get on Yelp, we'll start looking for a place, and she'll look at, there's a, a situation where, or, TripAdvisor. or TripAdvisor. Yes. Uh, we, we were just in LA a little while ago, and we were looking for a breakfast place, and she's on Yelp scrolling, and she saw a, a picture of a, of a cappuccino. That you know how they do the, the, uh, the, yeah, the sugar the designs and stuff? It was full color, like a yeah. rainbow color, flower yeah. looking thing on the top of the cappuccino. <laughs> and that one picture is why we walked in the door. She's yeah. like, I got to have that. You so know, we walked in $9 for a cappuccino because of that. <laughs> I'm still amazed at how they do that. I've never actually seen them create the designs. But now we're talking about a differentiator. Something that simple can differentiate your place from another. And now we're talking about brand building. You know, yeah. and it really is about, I, I've always said, you know, don't be a restaurant or a bar, be a brand. Don't just train your staff, train your staff to be brand ambassadors, you know, to make friends with your customers, to bring them back in, like all these things kind of tie together. And it can be as simple as the cappuccino when somebody's on, you know, looking at online reviews and all that. It's a whole strategy to get to the top of the reviews as well, you know, and to get five-star reviews and to get encourage your patrons, your customers to leave you these reviews. And it's like it's it sounds like it's a full-time job just doing that. Can you clear the air and tell us what your advice would be to get to the top of the reviews? Well, yeah, um, everybody thinks the star rating has everything to do with it. Star rating is very important. Yeah, but volume is more important than everything. Mm -hmm. The more reviews you have, the more higher you're going to, to rank on these, like the TripAdvisor top 10 list or the, the Yelp does the top 10 breakfast areas in this city. Yes. They, when they do those lists, those lists rank very well in Google too. So now you've got, you, you're kind of ranking in two different places. Um, yeah, by all means, encourage your, your, uh, your, your customers to leave a review. And when it's, it's not only does it, it does you get that in front of them and you ask them for a review, but it also has kind of a side effect of if they didn't have a good experience, they're going to bring it up right then. And you get to feel that right then. Like, yeah, I would write you guys a review. I'm just afraid it wouldn't be very good. Oh, really? What? Tell me what happened. And then you can diffuse it. 
Now, when that guy goes to write his review, it just went from a one-star to a five-star because you engaged. That's a and really so great point. I mean, you're on the front lines, and you want to you want to address any of these customer issues before they turn into reviews because, again, one – you know, it's really unfortunate that human nature is such that one negative review can wipe out 10 or 12 or 15 positive reviews because, for whatever reason, human nature is to focus on the negative, not the positive. And yep. there's got to be a whole – if you agree with that, um, besides, do you recommend that you have a dedicated person in your bar, in your restaurant that deals with this stuff and that addresses every single post or every single review, positive or negative, just to keep that dialogue going with the customer, showing that you care, you're putting your best foot forward? What do you, what do you say about that? Well, I think so. And I think the MOD has got to be the guy who, who takes the lead on yeah. that. And it's just, it's the same thing as, as, as touching tables has been for the history of restaurants. Right. It's now that should be in, and when you're touching tables, that should be in your dialogue mm -hmm. is how's everything going. And everybody's going to say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But if a good manager can say, can tell if things aren't fine. And if they do have a problem, they can bring it up. And that's the time where, Hey, if you, if you guys had a great experience, we'd appreciate a review online. It's all they have to say. And if they're already there, if they're already touching tables, perfect opportunity. It is. Um, the, the statistic is one bad review will cost you 30 customers, which is insane to think about. It is. But 30 customers will not walk in the door based off of one bad review. Well, and then there's the exponential effect of every negative experience a customer has. How many people do they tell, either face-to-face, -face, in person, or through social media, or through online reviews, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just got this domino effect, and it's such a dangerous hazard, a situation that unless you're giving tremendous experiences in your restaurant, and you're training your staff, and giving great service, and really caring about every single customer experience, that's the power of a negative situation happening and what can happen to your business. I mean, this is such yeah. a competitive industry. That scares me to death thinking about it. And I'm not in the business anymore of running restaurants. But, God, if I was an operator today, I, that would be job one. Yeah, it, it really should be. And most of the negative reviews you see are so easy to prevent. They're always just they didn't like the attitude of the server or yeah. they didn't say the right thing. And don't get me wrong, uh, customers these days are so picky and they're, they're just dying for an excuse to write that one star review. A lot of the people, most of them are great. Most of the people get it. Most people are fair. But the ones, especially for some reason, they gravitate to Yelp, not Google, not anything else. Oh. But those people on Yelp, we all know who they are, is they, they are just, <coughs> just waiting for that one little percent that they didn't quite like and then just knock you and give you a one star review. And they're, they're, they're prevalent this day. I don't even know why they still exist, but they do. <laughs> I love the little nuggets of information that you throw out, and, and I'm going to call them Ericisms because they're really cool. Like be the <laughs> be the show, not the commercial, was fantastic. You've got another saying, and it's more advice, perhaps, but it's get out of the fishbowl and into the ocean of customers. Take us there. Yep. So the the fishbowl is uh, think of the fishbowl is your, as your social media accounts, your database of people, your email list, all those people that. Have heard of you? Yes. They're, they're they're probably a customer. If not, they're a potential customer. They know you're an option. They know you're on the map, and they're they're well aware. The ocean of people out there is every consumer. It's everyone, especially going back to tourist economies. Everybody who happens to be a potential customer has never heard of you before. So these guys that have never heard of you, you could put the best thing out on social media in the world. They are never in a million years going to see it. Mm -hmm. How would they? It just doesn't make any sense how. 
um, that's going back to what we said about yeah. these restaurants putting 100% of their of their efforts towards social media. That the, this large amount of the population are trying to pull in. Mathematically, they, it's impossible for them to see it. So that's why what I focus on is Google, Yelp, TripAdvisor. Those three it, represent the ocean. Yes. You're on all three of those, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. Whether you tried to get on there or not, you're yeah. there. And so that every consumer could potentially see you on all three platforms. And that's exactly why my business is geared toward those three, not social media. And it's a scary thing because I work with lots of different clients in this business and there's still a large percentage of them that have absolutely no idea what the reviews are saying. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's kind of scary because, again, it is public information and it is out there and it's either good for your business or it's going to kill your business. So whether you're the owner, you're the general manager, and yeah, you got 10,000 balls in the air and there's so many things to deal with in this business, thousands of details, right? There's somebody on every restaurant and bar staff that is somewhat of a, you know, an online junkie, an online expert. They're on it all the time. It's like you can tap into these people and, and give them that empowerment and make them, you know, if they've been a long-term employee, they're a good employee, they're, they're great for your brand. I mean, make that person a brand ambassador. Put them in charge of all of this power if you don't have the time to do it. And then monitor what's going on. Have them show you what they're seeing and what your reviews have been and what is going on currently. I mean, that's what I would do. Absolutely. And, and yeah, these days, every, it's, it's funny that the customer knows more about a lot of places' online presence than they yeah. do. Oh, and if, if I can just, as a customer, go on there, Yelp, go on there, Google, check out the reviews mm -hmm. and learn more in two minutes than the manager may even know exists, that's a problem. So that's one of the services I offer at Bar Marketing Basics is review response. So review monitoring response, I flag the negative reviews that can be flagged, and just basically everything that has to do with reputation management, that's something I do because it is so important. And a lot of people don't think that it's that big of a deal, but look at where your potential customers are. Look at what they're looking at. Yes. Why don't we optimize and be the best possible light we can, we can be in in the place the customer is already looking. It's kind of a no-brainer. And you also, wouldn't you agree that you also have to kind of spy on your competitors' reviews and see what customers are saying about your top competitors? And that's Sure. I mean, yeah, by all means, get familiar with, with your entire market. And if, if something is, if some, especially the fact that if somebody's giving great reviews based on, they, uh, sorry, I got dogs. Yeah, no worries, uh, I got a couple myself. Yeah, they may keep doing this, so you never know. Um, based on the, the their competitors' five star reviews, they have you know if they keep talking about how awesome their happy hour is, then obviously yeah. if you're a competitor, you know that maybe I got to up my happy hour game. Mm -hmm. And the the, uh, the the same thing goes with the reviews are not necessarily don't think of them as putting out fires. Yes, you got to put out fires also, but a lot of them, a lot of the review responses I do are dispelling myths. So they're they're basically um, there's this one happens a lot. Five stars, love the place, but drinks are fifteen dollars. So I don't know. I'm not so sure I'll be back. It's going to be a special occasion type of place. That's where I can come in as a review response and say, "Thank you for the review. We appreciate it." Just to let you know, you were drinking double kettle tonics at the time. Our drinks start at six dollars. They do go up to fifteen dollars, but that's where they start. Just so the public always respond publicly. By the way, not privately. Yes. Now the public doesn't think we have fifteen dollar wells. Wow, there's another pitfall that, that's a misunderstanding can also hurt your business. 
And yep. you gotta you gotta disseminate the correct information in a positive spin sort of way. That was great advice there. Absolutely. Unbelievable. So you've got a new book out. And I love the title. The experts are lying to you. <laughs> it's a bold title. Uh, why don't you tell us what it's about and what we can learn? Yeah, I have it have right here. Awesome. Restaurant and bar marketing and the subtitle. Oh wow. So yeah, this is the part you were talking about right there. And what oh, what that, my mistake. I thought that was the title of the book. I am sorry. Was, that was the that was the kind of subtitle on the back, but gotcha. It's very relevant to the book. It's kinda of has that element that's throughout. That's the underlying it. tone and it's it's that's yep. the message in the book. Yep, and what that basically means is I've been on. I've been both as on the side of yep. a um, a marketing company trying to get restaurant clients. I've also been on the other side of. I've been the the uh, the marketing director working for the restaurant who got pitched by other marketing guys. If that makes sense, it does. So when I'm when I'm in, playing the other role, I get pitched all these things and uh-huh. have been for a decade. Yes, these guys are, are coming to me with. You know, I want to do your social media for you, and uh, it's going to be thirty five hundred dollars a month, and I'm just like. Man, you guys, that's, how is that even mathematically possible for me being able to pay for you to make up that much in business that it's going to cover $3,500 a month? Or nowadays, going rate is $1,500 a month for someone to do your social media. But here's what kills me, is social media is not a marketing plan. Social media is a channel which we broadcast ideas through. That's it. It's a channel. So if you don't have an idea, if you don't have a solid plan, what are you broadcasting? Just garbage. So that brings us back to your first part of the conversation. So all these all these marketing avenues are just channels to broadcast. Your TV screens inside the place, all your social media, your email blasts, your database of text messages, whatever it is, channels. That's all it is. So if you don't have a central idea to put through these channels, what are you wasting your time doing? And there's really no there's no there's no content there that anybody's going to take seriously. That's, I think, the problem that, that I have with, with these third-party people who want to do your social media. It doesn't make any sense. It's not just paying them their, you know, their monthly fee to do your social media, but then there's a marketing budget on top of that where you're just dumping money into Facebook ads and AdWords and all this other kind of stuff that doesn't have a proven ROI either. And we've already talked about how small that market really is unless people are aware of you and you've got a list. Sure. Right? So that is such a ha- – what a pitfall, man. That's like falling off the edge of the cliff and hoping for the best. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> and, I mean, and the people that do the, the – that uh, a third-party company does social media for, for companies, I mean, we, there's software these days that I'm sure everybody is aware of that I can go in and schedule out an entire month in a couple of hours. Right. And I'm done for the month. Give me my $1,500. I'm going to walk away. I just did an hour's worth of work. So that's what it takes. That's kind of – uh, 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 talking down on my industry to some extent because it's third-party marketing companies who do that. Great racket. I just don't think it's very honest. So I don't. No. I don't really get into that. Yeah. No. No. It's it's out there. And be careful. There's a lot of people out there that promise a good game. They'll take your money and deliver zero ROI. And you got to be really, really careful. You know, you got to zero in on what you really need to do. Focus on Google, TripAdvisor, and Yelp. And if you're going to work with an expert, you know, you got to make sure that they've got excellent, you know, reviews themselves and testimonials that they've really achieved for their other clients before you just, you know, hear a good game and say, okay, that sounds good. I'm going to give this a shot and experiment with it. Yep. 
And when when you talked about um, the back to the Google thing, um, ranking well on Google is one of those things that your average bar restaurant employee is never going to figure out. They're not going to want to figure it out. It's yeah. just not their cup of tea. So, it, the when when you, when we look at social media, it's tangible. We can see the result. We can see on this day you posted this, and here it is, and here's the likes, and here's the interaction, and we can all kind of sort of measure it. Mm-hmm. And that stuff, a, a, a restaurant owner or manager can look at and say, okay, I can see our progress. I can see what has been done. Yes. With search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. Hell no. It's not like that at all. There's so much really technical, analytical information that goes on in the background and link building and all this stuff. Yeah. All your information has to be accurate and, 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 and all match, and nobody can wrap their head around that. So that's something that I would by all means hire a professional for. You're not going to want to give yourself a headache learning that stuff. And that's a huge strategy unto itself, right? And the more links that you have back to your page from other outside sources helps your SEO and there's, I mean, that's just one small piece of it. I mean, you're the expert. Can you tell us what other things increase your Google profile? Yeah, it's uh, it's things like if you have, hang on here. If, if uh, yeah, the backlinks is pretty much the most important thing. Yeah. If you don't have a lot of link, a backlink is a is a, a link from some other website that points back toward yours. So like your Yelp page, your Yelp page has a spot for your website. That's a backlink. Google has a spot for your website. Again, all these backlinks. If you just have a couple, you have the basics, you're not going to rank well because the, the way that Google looks at things is if none of these other websites care about your business, why should I? And then if you if you have a bunch of errors as far as like uh, if, you're, if your information doesn't all match, one of the big problems that people have that they have no idea they're doing and they uh, why would they is your name has to be the name of the restaurant exactly the same consistently across all these platforms. Okay. So if it's Eric's Bar and Grill, and I've got Eric's Bar and Grill dash Scottsdale in my Facebook page, it's not consistent, even though it's, it's to us, obviously it's the same place. To Google, it's not. So to Google, they'll look at these inconsistencies and say, I don't know whether to associate this one with that business or not. I'm going to do nothing. So that's a lot of the problem that it has with uh, with your, if your name or your contact information isn't consistent, Google is going to doubt you. When Google's confidence in your information is low, you're going to rank low. So this stuff has to be all synced. It has to be all perfect. It has to all match. Everything has to be updated. And Google's other rule of thumb is the more thorough you are in your own with your own business, with your own profiles, the higher you're going to rank also. So if there's a if there's a like in Google in Google you've got your your spot for photos. It used to be back in the day you had a spot for seven photos. And a lot of people it said here's your logo, here's seven photos. And what everybody would do is like logo, yep, one photo, next, and they would get out of the Google page. They would rank accordingly. Google wants someone to do the work. They want them to be thorough. They want it to be correct. They want them to use their platform as much as they possibly can. So back then, when they allowed seven photos, by all means, all seven, they allowed two videos. Put two videos in there. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be there. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the same philosophy these days. Is, is the more thorough you are, the higher you rank. And a lot of people put so much emphasis into the look of their website, but a pretty website is only as, as good as its ability to uh, be found. And that's where the SEO thing comes in. Right, so you're only doing a small piece of it by putting together the imagery. And we talked earlier about giving your customer sort of an intimate experience before they actually get there. But a website is nothing unless people can find it and lots of traffic can find it. 
That's so right. That is that is critically important, and I think your advice there is is absolutely you know dead on. Go out and hire an SEO expert. And make sure people can find you, and that's more important than you know than the pretty content that you put up. Although you know professional photos, like you said, hiring somebody for a couple hundred bucks to shoot your food, shoot your ambiance, that's all important too. But again, irrelevant unless you can rank high, you know, in the search engines. Right, and awesome. and I, I call it the the guys with a, a really really um, impressive looking website that can't be found. I call it the idiot supermodel. A lot of places have an idiot supermodel website. That's it funny. looks amazing, but it's it's got all this weird JavaScript and it. it's blocking Google and it can't be found. And what why? What I mean, it's. At the end of the day, your website is a tool to bring in business. That is all it is. It's meant to make you money. Right. So do you want something that's a work of art that's not working for you, or do you want something that is making you money? And one of my uh, potential clients I interviewed, he had a website. It was, it was good looking. It wasn't amazing, but it was it was attractive. And he couldn't be – I scanned his his business. I'm like, man, you you're whatever you're doing, you're ranking so poorly. I don't even know how this is possible. Um, he had no – no thought or no money put in SEO at all. So his, uh, he said, well, how much do you think I paid for that website? And I was thinking, well, I would have charged – I'm a web designer. I have been for a decade or so. But I, I, I was like, I'm going to charge you about two grand in my head, like maybe 1500 bucks." And he said he spent $10,000 on this website. And he could not be found on Google in the most simple of search terms. Yikes. Which I was like, man, that is so bad. Heartbreak. I mean, these days – a, a, you know, a decent looking website, like you said, yes, by all means make it attractive. Don't make it look like it was uh, like a, an intern did it, yeah. but um, make it attractive. Don't make it over the top. It should cost you about 1500 bucks. That's what a restaurant bar website should cost you unless you have some crazy bells and whistles that you need for some reason. You know, we're both big believers in the power of internal marketing. What's your best advice for owners and managers on how they can leverage the customers that are already coming into that bar restaurant? If you've got um, anything in-house, like four walls marketing, it's been referred yes. to a lot. Uh -huh. um, anything that's a, that's a table tent, that's a TV screen, that's something that's going to show the, your customers that you already have your captive audience a value to come back for another visit. And um, I like TV screens, but of course it's got a limited use. You can't have a bunch of TV screens in a high-end steakhouse. It's going to look ridiculous. So most places, sure. Um, if you do leverage TV screens, use software like Nplug or Upshow that will let you upload graphics or um, flyers or anything like that from from like a, a marketing computer. I just I can upload from my computer. They show up at the TVs at the restaurant and in real time, and, and they're really simple. Now, this is the one place where a flyer is not necessarily bad. The flyer on social media, the same flyer on social media is horrible, not that bad inside a restaurant. You've already, you know, that they, they already know um, where they are. They already know that that's relevant to this restaurant. As long as it's attractive, okay, maybe. But uh, keep the flyers toned down as much as you can. But uh, they have, they have um, I think a company called One Stone has little TV screen table tents. Have you seen those? I have. They they're coming up that they have. Yeah. They're about yay big, and they have just the TV screens on both sides. They're phone chargers. They're a great idea. I like the premise, but um, it, it's a it's a it's a really good theory. But in practice, it's not that great because the servers inevitably. I knew this would happen. The first time I saw it, I was like, those servers are going to forget to plug those in. They're going to be dead tomorrow. Oh, and sure, three quarters of them are, are are dead around the bar, and there's blank screens. 
and the content that's up there is expired. It was like a UFC fight that was two weeks ago. Yes. And it was it's it's an awesome idea. I just I think they've got some room to go. Yeah, there's some bugs in that. You know, it's only as good as the staff knowing how to use it to its best effect. And it, oh, like you said, you know, past dated content and all this other kind of stuff, just more negative impressions. And, yeah. and to some extent, you know, I think restaurants and bars have to find that balance between technology and the human touch, which is still so important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that's if, – if you have that kind of stuff going on and you have these specials being shown and you have events coming up, by all means, make sure your staff knows about them. That's another big thing is the, the, the customer is often more informed than the, than the staff. Yes. They'll ask them about a certain thing and I'll be like, I've – Never seen that before in my life. I don't know. I didn't know we were having a, you know, ugly sweater party coming up next month. You'll have to check into it. That's not a good look. So make sure they're aware. I got it. Maybe a tricky question, but maybe it's not tricky for you because you work with all types of establishments. So my establishments were all, you know, casual, family casual, sports bar type things. And all of these internal marketing ideas, the table tents, the menus, the chalkboards, training your staff to make these suggestions work really, really well in that type of operation. But when you're a chef-owned, maybe a fine dining, white tablecloth kind of place, like you said, the TV screens look ridiculous. You can't have table tents on a, you know, on a white tablecloth kind of table. Do you have any ideas or have you seen anything interesting that's internal marketing in that type of place? You know what? The, the most powerful thing that is way more powerful than the TV screens or the table tents, it's the server's dialogue. Yes. When the server brings something up, that is one of the most powerful things you can do. People pay attention and they, they actually are, uh, uh, they, they remember it. You know, like the, the famous Hillstone Steps of Service. One of their first things is when someone walks in the door, have you been here before? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes? Welcome back. Have you been here before? No? Really? Well, where'd you hear about us? So now the servers all have a mental tally of what marketing is working. They, all, they don't have to write it down. They know. Sure. I heard 20 people say they found us on Google today. I heard one guy say that there was an article they did on us and blah, 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 and they found us through that. Now they know without having to guess how, what marketing avenues are working. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a tourist economy, not one person saying Instagram or Facebook – there you go. That makes that easy. But yeah, you're right. not only that, but the, when the, when the staff mentions a special or something that's a new drink special, a new food special, something like that, that's above and beyond your average, you know, goes apart from your average. Uh, what can I get you? Here's your food. Is everything okay? Here's your check. Blah, blah. When it's something out of the ordinary, people do pay attention to that stuff. And that goes way farther than anything I can do as a marketing guy. Yeah. Now you're talking about staff training, effective daily training that obviously starts with product and restaurant knowledge and having conversations, engaging chats with the customer, finding out, are you a first-time visitor? Have you been here before? And then I call it taking customers on the magical journey, turning them on to everything that's unique and special about that place that sets you apart from the competition. And that takes training. <laughs> yep, yep, it does. Yeah. And having your, having your staff, uh, I mean, staff training is absolutely, it needs to be the number one thing. Because the, the, these days with the reviews that I see, I do, I don't know, 30, 40 review responses every single day. And I see the, the gamut of every single thing positive and negative people are saying. And one of the, one of the co- constant uh, kind of themes is that they'll give a good review if they like you as a person. And this is not news, but it's more apparent than ever. If they, if they had great service, but they just don't like you as a person, yeah, they just like something's off. It's like, eh, I wouldn't hang out with that person mm-hmm. if I wasn't in here. 
that is going to wreck the whole thing. Yeah. So getting, getting um, very personable staff that people would, you know, I would have a beer with that guy after here. That was a great server. That's, of course, the guy you want to get. But that is so much more important now than it's ever been in history because that's where all these reviews are headed. Yeah, that is so true. You know, hmm. I, I've always, I always used to say that, you know, average service – I mean, average service, you can give them a great meal, but if the service is average, more than likely they're not going to come back. But yep. if you can put out amazing, you know, a service experience, even if something goes wrong with the meal, chances are they're going to try you again. You know, if you, if you clearly care and if you try to take, and if you're empowered to take care of that customer's experience, whatever it was that went bad, you know, it's going to overshadow anything else that happens. Yep. That's, that's all part of the training equation, too. Is there anything that we missed in this conversation, Eric, that you'd like to go further with? I think we more or less covered it all. That's, that's the whole kind of premise of my book is, uh, is, is basically don't take anybody's word for what's working. Do your own research and do your own um, asking. And by all means, please, like I just mentioned, ask the public. Ask them what brought them in the door. Yes. So Mark the reason why I like that so much is because I can tell somebody, hey, you need to go, you need to attack Google and Yelp and TripAdvisor, and you, they need to take my word for it. That's all they're doing. But once they start making their staff ask, and now their staff has the mental tally. They're proving my point, and I know it's working. I know that because I've been doing this forever. They don't know that, but once they do prove it, they're like, okay, now I get it. Now you're right. Now we can quantifiably measure. We, we had – Five people say they found us on Google after we optimized. Now we have 25 people saying they found us on Google. Pretty simple. So, um, yeah, by all means, do do every bit of research you can. Be the expert in your field. Know everything you can know. And like me, I'm always learning. I'm always – I want to know what's on the horizon. I want to know what's next. I want to know what, uh, what, what CNN has in Instagram and Facebook is kind of worthless now. What now? Like what is the next thing? And I'm always looking at new social networks. I'm always looking at – kind of new little um, apps and tips and tricks and all these the kind of weird things that aren't quite there yet. But when they are there yet, I want to know about them since day one. So that's, there's a lot of that in the book as well. How can people find you or is there a URL you want to share where people can get more information? Yeah, barmarketingbasics.com is my website. Mm -hmm. I'm on Facebook at, at Eric Schellenberger, all E's, and Instagram as well, at Eric Schellenberger. Um, my website is very, very extensive. I've got a video blog of a couple hundred different videos and they have to do with every bit of, of knowledge I've gained. So there's nothing that I hold back. It's not one of those, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you the, the 90% and sign up here and give me money and I'll give you the rest of the 10% of the secrets. Not like that. I'll, I do video blogs on anything and everything I've learned. So there's nothing I know that I don't give away for free. Beautiful. Free you know, content and, and, resources. <laughs> Right. I'm, I'm happy to do it because a lot of the people, some people are just not going to do it. Other people aren't, don't have the time. So I'm always going to have a job regardless. So if they want to learn and if they want to implement it themselves, they don't need me. If they want me to do it for them, cool. Well, why don't you hold up the book one more time so they can get another look at that? It's called Restaurant and Bar Marketing. It is on Amazon now, and I'll give you the link to it so you can link from it. But it's uh, it's. Kindle is going to be 99 cents actually for about another, I think another couple days, and it's going to go up from there. The paperback's 9.99, and yeah, get the Kindle download now while you can before it goes up. There you go. Hey, have you thought about doing an audio version? I am. Yeah, matter of fact, um, they 
these, uh, my kind of editor said we can do this. We're going to use this one guy. I'm like, wait a minute. If, some, if you're going to do an audio version, I'm doing the audio version. Uh, you know, no, one can, no one can get the idea across like I can get my own idea across. So, yeah, for sure. It's in the works. Oh, man. I definitely enjoyed having you on the show. Eric Schellenberger from Bar Marketing Basics. Uh, definitely go check that out. Check out the book. I mean, we, we talked a lot about the book today and what it can do for your business. We covered social media limitations. We talked about the power of, you know, going to the uh, online reviews. We talked about SEO and getting ranked high. All those things are going to be covered pretty much in detail uh, at Eric's website as well as the book. So go there. Uh, that was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Eric, thanks for being a great guest. Thank you. I appreciate it. One last thing. Yeah. Um, if you're at the nightclub bar convention in Vegas um, next year in March, I'll be speaking there. We'll be going over a lot of the same stuff. Oh, fantastic. I hope to attend and catch it, catch it live. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Of course, Eric. Thanks again for being a guest. Appreciate it. I want to give you a bonus for listening today. I'm going to tell you about two super powerful free webinars I'm giving that will transform your business, okay? Game-changing stuff here. First, in this challenging time of low unemployment and the difficulty in finding and keeping great people, you already know that your staff make or break your business, and sales are the lifeblood of that business. So my first webinar is called How to Build Your Dream Team, Double Sales, and Get Rave Reviews. I'm going to show you three powerful secrets. One, how the common approach to restaurant hiring is the wrong approach, okay? Don't make this mistake, folks. Watch to find out the right way. Two, how to build your dream team, how to cut staff turnover and empower your team to think and act like owners. Again, your staff and how you train them make all the difference. And number three, how to double sales through training, recognition, and rewards. Who doesn't want to double sales? To get this webinar, simply go to the homepage at restaurantrockstars.com and at the very top in the header bar, you're going to click on that and you can watch this thing at your leisure. But it's so powerful, you got to tune in and check this out. Next, my second webinar, if you're just starting a brand new restaurant or you've recently opened a place and you're feeling overwhelmed, you're in the weeds, and you just know you're missing some important pieces, you got to check this one out. It's called How to Start and Run a Wildly Successful Restaurant. Again, three powerful secrets I'm going to share for you that will absolutely make all the difference for great success in this business. I'm going to teach you, number one, how to know and review your critical restaurant numbers in just 10 minutes a week, okay? Even if you hate the numbers, I make it super simple. Two, how to build a dream team staff and double sales, again, through empowerment, recognition, and rewards. This is powerful stuff, folks. I'm giving you a roadmap to the foundation of every successful business. And three, how to drive new and repeat business while building strong customer loyalty to your restaurant. It's all about satisfied, loyal customers and getting them to come back and tell their friends. Even if you've been open for a while, this webinar is going to give you some game-changing information. So to register for this free webinar, go to restaurantrockstars.com forward slash wildly successful. Okay, I'm giving you this stuff for free. Take some time. Check out these webinars. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars podcast. podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.